Good morning, Parkview. Thank you. My name is Dave Asprey, and I currently serve as an elder here. I also had the distinct pleasure of joining a great team of people who were uh, part of the search committee. And so this is a very exciting day for me in particular. I'm glad that you are here to be with us for that. Now, before I introduce our speaker today, I'm actually going to go off script for just a moment. So bear with me if those of you who are involved with the production, uh, this is where you get nervous. <laughs> but uh, before I, I introduce the speaker, I did want to take just a moment to recognize some individuals here at Parkview who have been faithfully serving us for many, many months under challenging circumstances. And so I'm going to ask those of you who are on the paid staff here at Parkview, if you would please stand. I know many of you are in the audience, so please, if you are part of the paid staff, please stand up. I know you don't like to do this part, but if you would please stand up. Thank you. This group has, uh, as I mentioned, faithfully led us during a very challenging time, and so I would challenge those of you who call Parkview your home to take a moment during either today or during the week to just reach out to them and express your appreciation for the many different ways in which they have modeled God's unconditional love to us, the way that they have sacrificed and served us so well uh, for many, many months. Not an easy task, and so I, I hope that you will join with me in expressing our appreciation to them for all that they have done over the last couple of years. So thank you, Parkview staff. All right, well now it is my pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning. Pastor Chris Stukenberg has been invited to share a charge to us in the form of a sermon today. And as some of you know, Chris is from Park Hills Church, the church where Pastor Mark was the lead pastor prior to coming to Parkview. Now, I first had the chance to meet uh, Chris via email as he was listed as a reference for Pastor Mark. And then we did eventually connect via Zoom, and he answered many, many questions for me that we had as part of the reference process. And he actually said a lot of very nice things about Mark. <laughs> now, little did I know that Chris, what Chris was actually up to at the time. You see, Chris has subsequently been named as the lead pastor at Park Hills. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. But in all seriousness, it was clear from our brief time together that Chris not only loved God, but he also loved Mark, and that he was a faithful servant who wanted whatever God had wanted. So Chris grew up in Forreston, Illinois, has lived in the Freeport area for all but eight years of his life. He and his wife, Heidi, uh, were married in 2005 and have two daughters, Eden and Dylan. Chris has been part of the Park Hills family for many years. He's attended there since 97, and he first fell in love with Jesus Christ while in the youth ministry there, and group there, I should say. And I believe that uh, Pastor uh, Mark was actually the youth minister at that time, so quite the connection. Chris worked as an intern at Park Hills from 2002 to 2004, and then came on staff there in August of 2013 while Mark was serving as the lead pastor. Clearly, their lives and ministry have been intertwined for many, many years together. And so it's our great pleasure to have an opportunity to hear from Chris this morning as he provides us and Mark with a charge from God's word. Please join me in welcoming Chris Dukenberg to the pulpit.
I'm kidding. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you, Parkview. And uh, if you would not mind, if you have a Bible, Ephesians 4 is where we're going to spend a little time today. And this is a, an amazing day. It's a blessing to be here, to be with you today. It's also a bittersweet day, as this is real now. Uh, it has felt real for the last couple of weeks at our church, but this is a good day for you, and it's a good day for us as well. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, I'll read it, then we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll dive in. And the Lord gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray. Father, we want to function the way you have called us to function. And Lord, in a world, especially in America, where sometimes the church can lose sight of what she's called to be and called to do. Lord, give us eyes to see what you've called the church to be. And may we be that here, Park View, and elsewhere. Lord, may we be local representations of the body of Christ to the people that we serve in our neighborhoods and our surrounding communities so that your word may be known and that your gospel may be proclaimed loudly through our lives, through our actions, through our words. So, Father, we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Things just work better when everything is in the right place, right? Right? When we think about this throughout the world, there's a number of amazing illustrations. One that I like to think of is this idea of an ant colony. And if you've never heard, and I'm sure many of you have, I'm sure we have some biologists in the room, right? The idea that an ant colony is a superorganism. It's, it's working together. Every little piece, while it's an individual, it's serving the entire colony to accomplish an amazing task. Sometimes that task, such as in my case, is to attack the Stukenberg kitchen mercilessly <laughs> until someone is brought in to take care of the problem, which we did very recently. Or if you've ever been on a cruise... There's a certain element of, the, of an idea of this huge ship moving in a direction and all of the people on the cruise taking care of all the people who are participating in the cruise. They're, they've paid money, they're there, their opportunity is to see beautiful sights and to experience this thing together. But you've probably heard of stories, one of the main reasons why I've never been on a cruise, of cruise has gone bad, right? Where a virus begins to spread across the entire ship or perhaps a storm comes and changes everything. Or recently in Italy, a couple of years ago, a, a, a coral reef ended a cruise ship journey. 
And the truth is, while everything works better when it's in the right place, we live in a world that unfortunately, not everything and everyone is always in the right place. And when we think of church specifically, sometimes the church sort of loses track of who she is and what she's supposed to do. And I think Paul takes that idea and gives us this amazing concept thousands of years ago that for some reason the church sometimes forgets that this passage even exists. And so let's dive into it together. And as we do so, I'll just unpack a few things. I, I asked for three hours. I was given much less. And so I will cram as much as I possibly can into this short period of time with you. Let's go back to verse 11, but before we go to verse 11, let's look at verse 10, which I didn't read, but it's important because it gives us the context of the passage. Paul says, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. We just sang about Christ being Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's the one who has accomplished something. What did he accomplish? Well, he righted the wrongs that the, the humans had done to the world. He, he took everything that was in its wrong place and he flipped it on its head. That's what Colossians tells us. And his descending here had a mission and a purpose, didn't it? That you might be saved, that you might know the good news, that God loves you and he does so much that he would send his son to die for you and then draw you to something much larger. And he ascended into heaven showing us that he's going somewhere that we one day will join. And one day he is going to bring heaven to earth once and for all, and we're done. But what do we do in the meantime? And this is where the church comes in. So now we move to verse 11. What is Jesus' plan? Well, it's, it's to do something amazing. In verse 11, Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Many talk about this in church planning circles, and, and we learn this in seminary. The idea that there are five offices to the church. Let me read those again to you. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And sometimes there's overlap for these things. And there's a huge amount of discussion at a theological level about what is and isn't still an office today. We all agree that the original 12 apostles that Jesus commissioned, which really just meant sent out one. That's all an apostle is, is a sent out one. His original commission of those 12, they have long passed. But the discussion is, so does the office of apostle still exist today? I don't have time to get into all of the nitty-gritty here, but I'll just say, I think the idea that you and I can all agree on is that no church, no church family begins without a group of people saying, we've been sent by God to go plant this church. Amen? And that's what the EFCA is all about. We've been all about this for for decades, the, and, and really centuries if you look back in our history, but the EFCA itself is a little over 70 years old. And our idea is, may we find people who are passionate about the gospel, who find a community that need the gospel and are sent out from a local church to plant a church. And Park Hill's history is the same as Park View's history. A group of people were committed to the gospel, and the Lord began to bless it. And so this idea of the apostles being the ones who started, the sort of the entrepreneurs of the endeavor, and then the prophets, the one who speak in behalf of God, the evangelists, those who proclaim the gospel faithfully, the shepherds, the pastors who guide lovingly the flock, and the teachers. 
those who drive us deep into God's Word. These five people are necessary at every church. Amen? This idea that we must have people that are, are serving the church in a mighty way. But what is the purpose of these people? Well, verse 12 tells us this. Their job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is one of those springboards that I could spend way more time on than I, would, than I need to. So let me just say this. Unfortunately, the roles of the pastor sometimes are confused. And instead of being people who love the flock and love the people that we've been called to love, we get caught up in self-promotion. We care more about what everybody thinks of us rather than doing what God has called us to do. And verse 12 is a, is a pushback to that. What is our job as pastors, as shepherds, as, as teachers, as evangelists, as apostles and prophets? Our job is to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. It, it bothers me sometimes when people say, well, pastor, you take care of that. I would love to take care of it, but I only have so many hours in a day. I have the same amount of hours, by the way, that you have. Uh, even though we put a title pastor next to someone and we assume that they have a halo over their head, we only have the same amount of life that you all have. And our job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. This is what's very special about today for me is no one has equipped me more. In fact, no one in this room besides one other person her name being Charmaine, knows this man better than I do. And part of that is because he opened his life and let me in and showed me what it looked like to walk with God, taught me what it looks like to trust him and to pray and to study God's word and then to teach it. And then he was the one who kept encouraging me to do more and to do more. And then he left me. <laughs> and then he left me and said, you should do my job. <laughs> to which I am grateful. But if our job as pastors is to equip the saints, I know a few other people in this world who are better at it than Mark Balmer. Why? Why do we equip the saints? What's the purpose? Well, verses 13 through 16, let me read those again and just listen and, and pick up for yourself what the Word of God says. There's so many things here that are amazing. Verse 13, until we all attain. This isn't just to the pastors. This is to all of us. Till we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood and womanhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we, the church, may not be children anymore, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Those are the no's. Here are the yeses. Rather, speak the truth in love. And as we do that, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So why does God give us these five offices and why are they supposed to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry? Well, we're to attain the unity of the faith. We are to gain knowledge of the Son of God and we're to mature into mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That we would attain the stature and the fullness of Christ. That we would understand what it looks like to be like Jesus on this planet that we'd no longer be children who were just being tossed back and forth, 
To that I would add 1 Timothy 4.12 and 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. The Word of God brings us firmness and helps us to trust that we are exactly who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to speak the truth to one another in love. And often when I'm preaching to our church, and I would say this to probably any church in America, we're really good sometimes about preaching the truth. We're not always good about speaking the truth in love. And those two things must go together. Why? So that we would work properly together in maturity. That the body would grow up and that it would build itself up in love. We at the church are supposed to work properly as good bodies are supposed to work together. When a a virus invades our system, we have to fight it. Our system does an amazing job of doing that. But sometimes, church, we forget that we are the body of Christ and that we are to work together and to grow in, in healthy ways, mature ways together, raising one another up in truth and in love and trusting that God is going to lead us and guide us. And so, the church, Christ's body, here and now on this planet, he ascended into heaven. What did he do? He left us to do the work of the ministry, to teach one another what it looks like to mature in Christ and to be what he's called us to be. So with that in mind, everyone needs to be in the right place. Every church needs to place people in the right place so that the body can work properly. As hard as it's been for me to deal with the last few months, my conversation with Dave was fantastic on the phone. I I did say some nice things about him. They were all honest and true. I also did my best to be very honest about him and the things that are not good about him so that you wouldn't take him from us. (laughs) And yet, for some reason, you still found a way to do so. And in the middle of that, one of the things we kept talking about, and and Mark Mark and my conversation right after that, that phone call, with Dave. I said, I think this is you. This position seems like you, and I think they're coming for you. (laughs) And he laughed, and he said, well, we'll see what the Lord has in mind. But as we prayed over the next few months, we just knew the Lord wanted Mark Balmer here. And that was incredibly encouraging to us, and it was incredibly encouraging, hopefully, to you to know that this man in this place is what God has called right now. But even though he's where he's supposed to be, he's going to feel out of place for a little while. Leaving a ministry of 24 plus years, knowing every single person, every single problem, every single power player and issue in the church, this this body of Christ can somewhat be a little unwieldy. I don't know if you've noticed, (laughs) but bodies of Christ can be a little unwieldy. And in the process of that, it takes time to learn who we're talking to and what that looks like. And so he's going to feel out of place for a little while. But God is going to use him, and he's going to use him so that you might know what it looks like to mature in Christ. But my question would also be to you, do you feel out of place in any way today? Maybe this is your first time at this church. You didn't even know that this was a special Sunday. You just showed up, you saw the stuff outside, and you thought, I'm going to pull up. Those look like bounce houses. That's fantastic. I'm excited about this, and I want to be here. I want to be a part of that. And if that's the case, you're joining Parkview in a really amazing moment. This is a a neat moment. Or maybe you've been at Parkview for a long time, and you're a little nervous right now that you feel a little out of place, and you're not sure what this is going to look like and feel like. 
My question to you would be, where are things running smoothly at Parkview? And think of all of those things and make a list in your mind and go, praise God for this church. And then I want you to start thinking about the areas that it's not running smoothly at Parkview. And some of you are thinking, I've been waiting for this moment. And what I might say to you is, then I want you to think about what areas you are supposed to plug yourself into so that those areas run more smoothly. The job is not for the pastors and the shepherds and the teachers, the prophets, the evangelists, the apostles to do all the work of the ministry. The job is for us to equip the saints to do it. And so if you have any complaint about any church that you've ever been a part of, and specifically here today, the job is not for them to fix it. The job is for you to step in and add your skills and your gifts and, and what God is doing in your heart and how he's maturing you to do the work of the ministry. And this is what lead pastors are so good at, of helping find the right spot and putting those people there. And he is one of the best, if not the best. The Sunday after Pastor Mark left us, the pastor that he took over for, Pastor Cliff, is still one of our just blessings. He's, he's served as an elder and he shuffles around with his walker. He came up to me and said, what do you need me to say for your vote in a couple of weeks. Is there anything you need me to say? He said, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Uh, we've asked Chuck Swindoll. We've asked Rick Warren. We've asked other great pastors, and they've all said no, so we're going we're gonna to go with Chris. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Didn't know what that meant about going to all those other people first, but we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. But his point was, Mark is a really good one. And he trusts that I'll be okay at it, and so he would like to push me forward as that person. But to hear names like Chuck Swindoll and others to be brought up as Pastor Mark's possible replacement, that's how fond we are of him. And the reason why we're that fond of him is because the more you get to know him, the further you dig into his life, the, the more you hear him preach and spend time with him, he really is exactly who you think he is, a kind man who loves Jesus and wants everyone to love Jesus too. So my prayer for you, my prayer for us would be help me find my place. Help me know what part of the church I'm supposed to connect with and be a part of. And Mark and to the staff, I would say, help people find their place so that we can and you can function as a, the body of Christ, the way you're supposed to be, the whole body of Christ. Years ago, I heard this illustration from Wayne Corgero, and here's a warship. And he had this amazing moment where he was on a cruise the week before, and then he, he lives in San, uh, Hawaii, actually. He's, he's a pastor in Hawaii at a very, very large church. And someone in the Navy asked him to go join an aircraft carrier as they left port. And so he had been on a cruise a couple of weeks before where all of the bees, so to speak, are scurrying about taking care of all the people who just lounge on the deck and absorb all the food and drink that they possibly can in a hedonistic sort of way. And then he went out on a warship couple weeks later, and he was amazed that as soon as they left port, everyone was doing something. The captain knew his place. The first maid and, and the rest of them knew their place. And as you move down the list, even the lowest of the low had a job, and they knew what part they played. And all of them felt like they were making the ship go, even if they had no actual purpose besides 
mopping the deck. And his illustration was that this is what the church is supposed to feel like. We are supposed to feel equipped. We're supposed to feel that we are maturing and that we are building up the church. Is this you? Do you feel that way about yourself today? Do you feel that way about Parkview? I hope is that the answer to that question is yes. And if it's not, maybe it's time to do a little soul searching, not for your church, but for you to think, where am I supposed to be plugging in? Way too often today, churches treat themselves as a cruise ship. A few do the work while everyone just sits back and enjoys the wealth that God has given them. I love the music. I love the preaching. I love feeling greeted and as I walk in, I love that my children are taken care of. I love that as my children grow up, that they're ministered in, to all, in all these ways. I love that this church has a group for me that I can sit and just absorb, absorb, absorb. Brothers and sisters, the church is called to more. So Mark, my charge to you, and I'm not going to look at you because I'm not sure I can do that. I know who you are. And I know what you're capable of doing. Be that. You're a man of integrity, a man of honesty, a man of faithfulness, not only to God, but to your family and to your church. And so as God has called you to be here, we're praying and hoping that you can be just as dynamic here as you have been elsewhere. Parkview. A charge to you is I hear the excitement as you walk in. There's a buzz here. And it's a good buzz. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's the right kind of buzz. As I said, I, I know this man better than almost anybody else in the room. He's exactly who he says he is. He's a great mentor. He's a great friend. You can trust him. My prayer for you is that you not only will trust him, but that you'll step in with him and say, all right, where do we get started? And he may not be the one that actually gives you your command post, so to speak. He may not be the one who puts you in your place, but he's the one who's going to lead others who are going to lead others who lead others. And eventually, as the Lord gives favor to him and to this church, you'll feel more like a warship than maybe you ever have before. My hope is that you'll reach this community in ways that you never dreamed. And that as you look over that hill at this massive university that needs Jesus more than almost any other place in the world, that he would use you to reach the bright, shining stars of tomorrow that they might go forth and multiply. That maybe they would even be a part of a church planting team someday that you would find your place here. The idea of the church, as far as Paul is giving it to us in Ephesians 4, is that the church would be a bunch of shining, beautiful anthills serving God as a superorganism throughout the whole world. And we've almost reached the whole world. But in the meantime, each of us are called to serve our local community of faith. So you've been called to Parkview. And may God use you here, and may God use this church. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather and celebrate you. You 
are beyond worthy. You deserve more praise than we could ever give you. So God, encourage us to listen to you and to walk with you, to trust you. God, I pray for Pastor Mark that as you use him here, as you get him comfortable, as he settles into this role, that you would give him eyes to see what needs to be seen, that you would give him wisdom with what to say and what to do. That, Father, he would not stray from being who we know he is, that he would stay true to what you've called him to be and use those skills and abilities here to serve your purposes. Father, we pray the same for this church. May the best days of Parkview be ahead. And Father, may you use messages like Ephesians 4 and other passages to guide and lead us to be the people you've called us to be and to, to make this church the church that you've called her to be as she's plugged into the universal church, those who have surrendered their lives to you and are following you as disciples who are faithful to the calling of Jesus Christ. Father, help us. Only you can do this. Help us to meet you where you want us to work. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.